what it is guys your boy Anselmo with an episode of Alanizing and all the play I was gonna get my review and takes on that and for the previews obviously of the conference championship round then we're gonna get into the coachings all right six of the eight coaches uh, coaches make vacancies that have happened six of them have been hired so we'll see right give my opinions on takes on who's been hired and just the overall you know overall the whole thing about it for us to start off with the first game on Saturday that was Baltimore versus the Texans and obviously Baltimore won 34 to 10 and I picked the Texans man so I'm kind of sad about it but Baltimore won both offenses were slow at the start right then after Aguilar's touchdown it was saying oh Ravens are gonna win this right this is gonna be Ravens time but Steven Sims, he returned a punt return for a touchdown, and it was 10-10, and you were getting scared. Ravens fans were getting scared. They're like, we better tighten up or something. But in the second half, Lamar and the offense got it rolling with three touchdowns, and that's all she wrote. Lamar went 16 for 22, 152 passing yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, a 93 QBR, passer rating of 121.8, and he ran the ball for 100 yards nine yards per carry two real rushing touchdowns when a qb runs on you for 100 you're basically done okay the ravens defense was on fire they didn't have any sacks but they had pressures they had five qb hits they were making cj Stroud uncomfortable throwing some early balls or they were inaccurate and they shut down houston's run game just 38 yards overall on the ground when you have that with a rookie quarterback doesn't mix well doesn't mix well, but CJ Stroud played okay. I wouldn't say he played horrible. He didn't play spectacular either. So he played okay. 19 for 33, 175 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a QBR of 53. Had a passer rating of 72.2. Houston's offense struggled because the O line had at least five of the 11 overall penalty teams that they had as a team. Most of them were false starts, and I think the Baltimore crowd played a huge part in that. It was so much noise. They couldn't communicate with CJ. They had no idea what was going on. And when you're in an away crowd and you're in you're the away team, right? And you're going these second and longs and third and longs, you're gonna lose the game. That's gonna happen. So shout out to the Ravens team. Texan defense, they were good in the first half and they just got ran over. In the second half, I think Christian Harris deserves a shout out though, because he was all over the field in the first half. He had like seven total tackles. One key player I remember he made was against Lamar. Lamar was in the backfield. It was just one on one, and if he if he jukes Christian Harris, he's he's gaming having at least 20 plus yard gain. But Christian Harris stopped him right there. So I was like, oh, and a one on one versus Lamar, usually you losing, but he won. So shout out, bro. Good season for Houston. All right, they played above expectations. But it was Baltimore, and they ran to Baltimore. They continue what was expected, and they go to the AFC Championship, Lamar's first AFC Championship. On Saturday, the second game happened, bro. As the Niners beat the Packers 24-21. to It was a crazy game. As a Niner fan, I was sweating. I was panicking. I was shitting my pants in this one because... Obviously, it was a close game. It was back and forth, and it came down to the last three drives, right? Packers' first to last drive was the missed field goal by Anders Carlson to make it 24-17 if he makes that, right? To make it 24-17. 
but instead he misses it so it stays the score stays 21 to 17 that was a big topic of the game I remember Matt LaFleur saying that like he prays I remember the broadcaster said he prays that just every time Anders Carlson goes out there he makes the kick he just hope that he makes it he didn't make this one it was a whole big deal saying he doesn't believe in his kicker or whatnot but that was just funny to me but I mean yeah man it's hard rookie kickers you don't know what you're gonna get from them but the Niners drive okay that was Brock Purdy's drive he was playing mediocre the whole game I wouldn't say trash but he's playing mediocre the whole game in this drive came up big he went six for seven only one incompletion 47 yards passing game winning drive with no debo passes that stood out on this drive for me was the iuk 10 yard grab on a third and five and chris Conley's catch for 17 yards are you catch it saved the drive it was under pressure brock delivered a great ball and to Conley. Who gets no credit? Like, and also to the Conley one, he delivered a great ball in this. It was on our out route on like 17, like I'm saying, 17 yards. He passed it to Conley on, on on for 17. He passed it to Conley, who gets no playing time. Like it was just a great throw by Brock. And then obviously Christian McCaffrey, who run it in to score. I thought we left too much time at first. I was saying, you know, Packers have a minute left with three timeouts. They have a lot of time to go up the field, and I was nervous. I was getting nervous. But, obviously, in the last drive of the game, Jordan Love, he scrambles to his right and throws across his body to the middle of the field. Uh, obviously, a sin you're not supposed to do, but it was a prayer throw to Dre Greenlawn. Who picks it up? Who picks it off and runs around? I don't know why he was running around. He said after the game because he was trying to get a pick six and he kind of blacked out. But he got to fall in that situation. But anyways, he did. And that sealed the game. I don't know what Love was thinking on that pass, to be honest, because no one was really in the vicinity. I guess the closest player was Christian Watson, but he was behind Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. So I don't know what he was looking at. They had two timeouts left. You don't know, so he shouldn't have, he couldn't have, he didn't have to make that throw. He could have thrown out of bounds, but I don't know. He has to call. I don't know if they had a press conference. They asked him about it and see what he thought about it, but I haven't seen it. I didn't see it. No idea what he was thinking of that, but I don't care because it works, obviously, in my favor. Jordan Love, he ended the game 21 to 34, 194 passing yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, 44.5 QBR, passer rating of 72.9. Uh, first half, in my opinion, I think he was dicing. He was doing pretty good, but he started to fall off towards the end of the third quarter and after. Aaron Jones tore us apart at 108 yards with six yards per carry. I was wrong about that. I was saying we, we were going to stop him because we have stopped him in the past, but he ran honest this time green bay's defense they had one shock shock sit one sack six qb hits but they did a pretty good job this game for the first three quarters uh for making our offense make explosive plays right it was just a kittle touchdown cmc touchdown in the fourth quarter we had that drive on them but i think they actually did pretty good the whole game uh purdy brock purdy went for 23 29 252 yards one touchdown, zero interceptions, 61.8 QBR, and a passer rating of 86.7 with the game-winning drive. Now, obviously, like I was saying, he played mediocre the whole game. But that last drive, man, you might bring that up because it's been a big topic of discussion this whole week of Purdy this, Purdy that. He's, yeah, he does it, whatever. 
He doesn't use his, he only has only good because of his weapons. This, he's not good enough. I see him compare like, well, whatever, right? The point is, man, and for me, as a Niner fan speaking, yeah, he played mediocre the whole game. But what really matters, bro, is that in the last drive of the game, when we needed him to go score, he pulled it off. Everything from the beginning, it didn't matter because in the final drive is when he put up his pants and said, I'm going to get this dub. I'm going to get this dub. And he did. So we got to give him credit for that. Yes, his weapons, whatever. He could have, if he was that bad, he could have messed it up. Debo wasn't in the game. But he led us to the game-winning drive from a comeback. You got to give him his credit. Got to give him his credit. Now, CMC ran for 98 yards, six yards per carry. He was big, obviously a big deal and part of that. He had two touchdowns. Kittle had four receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. And I want to shout out Juwan Jennings. He stepped up for real, big time with Debo out. He had five catches, 61 yards. Key play was like on a third and 10, I think it was in the fourth quarter. He caught it between two Green Bay defenders. Great catch, set us up. The Niners defense stood their ground a lot, all right? Obviously, they made a game-winning play by Dre, and uh, obviously it was pick six. And Warner, I think Dre Greenlaw and Warner were the standouts. Our pass rush hasn't been the same this year. We got 48 sacks. We should have more. We should have more, to be honest, because I think we really underperformed this game. They had no sacks, barely any pressure, six QB hits. Five were from Nicky Bosa. Okay, five of them were for, from him. So he did a pretty good job. Nine, like, he didn't sack the quarterback, right? And he got held a lot. That's an excuse we shouldn't make because I was talking about that about Micah Parsons. Like, he gets held a lot. No more excuses. One of the best pass rushers. got to go after him. Same has to be said for Nicky B. I think he's the best pass rusher bias, obviously. But I got to be objective about it and say for the same thing, right? So you can't make excuses for him being hold. He has to get to the quarterback. We could have blitzed more because it's just not... It's just not working, but we'll see what they do. A lot of game. I mean, a lot of game. A lot of talk after this game, all right, is that it's a confirmed script, right? And y'all know about the script, man. Supposedly, it's, it's supposed to be a Niners-Ravens Super Bowl because the Super Bowl 58 logo has purple and red, and last year's was green and red and that's why it was chiefs eagles and the other year was blue orange and that was Bengals Rams. so it was like this whole conspiracy thing right and then it was that and then it was also niners didn't deserve this game right so we'll get in now right from an objective from an objective point of view i don't believe in this scripted narrative in general like not just from this game but and for the nfl season or the nfl teams in general right because players for this to happen, the players, the coaches, the teams, they would have to be involved in this. All of them would have to be in it for these plays to occur, for these things to occur, right? And I don't think that Carolina 2-15 Carolina Panthers are in on, yeah, guys, let's let's be terrible out there. Let's be 2-15. and 15. I don't think they're in on that. Okay? So when it comes to scripted, no. But rigging, rigging is different from scripting because rigging a ref can just make a one call, can make a certain call that would just help the other team win or help one lose. And it's that simple. Like, only the ref's got to be on it, which makes a lot of sense. You could, yeah, you could rig games, but you can't script games. And even if you want to say they rigged this game, it's not for the Niners because we had more penalties in the Green Bay. We had six penalties and Green Bay had one. 
and all the plays that happen in this game. The NFL can't script that. Miss Carlson missing the field goal by inches. The rain. Brock Purdy making these great throws. Jordan Love making a great throw. For, it was like, I don't know. He just showed his arm. You know, it was like a sideline throw, and he showed how great of an arm he is. But you can cannot script that. Maybe Love's interception, you know, the second one. Maybe you could script that, but it was that bad. But come on, man. Like, that, it's not scripted. Maybe rigged, but it's not scripted. Now, from a Niner fan perspective, I don't give a fuck if it was scripted or f- I don't give a fuck if we're not deserving, dude. Because did we play well? Hell no, we didn't, right? We did not play well at all. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the Niners made more big plays. They made the necessary plays to win the football game that the Packers didn't. That's it. That's simple. That's football. Countless games has this happened. That this Countless games have happened in the NFL where the least deserving team wins. And it will continue to happen. This is not just football. This is sports. A dub is a dub. And we move on. Okay? Don't be jealous because your team's not as good. Don't be jealous. It is what it is. We won. We made the necessary place to win. And we did. We made the stop. I mean, Brock Purdy did the drive. Did the game-winning drive. And we made the necessary stop. And that's how he won. End of discussion. I thought we were going to choke. That we are going to blow it. For sure. I thought we were. You know, and Debo's injury really scared me. You know, I was like, let's see if he plays. But they stopped at the crucial time. And what happened, happened. Literally, I thought on the Aaron Jones run and then, like, the special team. I think it was a kickoff return. I was like, man, we're actually going to lose this game. But we showed resilience. And we won. So, shout out, man. Shout out the team. That's the Niners, man. And I hope we do great. Now we go against... The Lions in the NFC Championship game. The Lions who beat the Bucks 31 to 23. The game started off slow. It was like 10 and 10 at halftime. The Bucks were keeping it close to the fourth quarter when Goff and the offense scored on back-to-back drives that made it 31 to 17, and that sealed the deal for them. Mike Evans got a late touchdown that scared everyone in Ford Field for a bit, but then Derek Barnes obviously picked off Baker, and that ended the game. Jared Goff ended 30 of 43. 287 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 65 QBR, passer rating of 103.5, and their total run game for the Lions was 114 yards, two touchdowns, and the Jameer, uh, Jameer Gibbs run uh, rushing touchdown that started the separation between the two teams. Amon Ross St. Brown, he was eight catches, 77 yards, one touchdown. The Lions blitzes, man, they were killing the Bucks. They got to Baker four times. And obviously got two picks. CJ Gardner Johnson won. And obviously the Derek Barnes won. Not the defensive backs though. They were they're not good. They're not good. Baker, we'll call we'll him right now. We'll talk about it right now. But Baker was to 41, 349 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, 55 QBR, 94 passer rating, and the team total rushing was 89 yards. Back to those defensive backs. Mike Evans was killing them, bro. They're the Achilles heel of the Lions. Evans had eight catches, 147 yards, one touchdown. The Bucks were conservative at first, but then started taking shots, and the Lions couldn't handle Evans. They couldn't handle him. Uh, Bucks defense, I think, just stood the ground, like the whole defense for three quarters. Like, not just the defense, but also like the offense for three quarters, like I predicted. 
Lions are just a better team. And they pulled away in the end. On Sunday, right, the later game, Kansas City beat the Bills 27-24. It was a great game. Back and forth game. And fourth game, the defenses were getting shredded the first three quarters. Like, both offenses were going up and down. The field of defense couldn't make a stop. Pat Mahomes was 17-23, 215 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 91 QBR, and a passer rating of 131, 146 uh, rushing yards for the team, 97 yards for Pacheco. He had seven yards per carry, one touchdown. He was running all over the Bills' defense as they were severely depleted at linebacker. Andy Reid, right? They attacked that spot. They attacked linebacker position in the run and in the pass. As in the past, Kelsey had five receptions, 75 yards, two touchdowns. Buffalo's defense had no pressure on Mahomes, right? They try to blitz him sometimes, but he's statistically the best quarterback versus the blitz. He had zero sacks and only two QB hits. I mean, they literally brought like 946 yards, but like they just ran over that linebacker spot. And Kelsey was working his way in the middle since they had no linebackers. Josh Allen, he was 26 for 39, 186 passing yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, 65 QBR, passer rating of 86.1, and he had 72 yards rushing with two touchdowns as James Cook had 61 yards, and as a team, they ran for 182 yards. And Josh Allen was the leading rusher. Now, Josh Allen, like Brock Purdy, was a big topic of discussion. But for the opposite reason, most people, I don't want to say everybody, because some people were killing him too, but most people were saying, oh, Josh Allen, he played great. It's just that last few few plays, but he played great this game. He did everything to try to do was wield his team to victory. Now, I agree with that. But he missed a few plays. He missed Stephon Diggs on a second and nine at KC's 26 on the last drive. I thought he was wanted. To, he should have got him to kill more clock, but he went to Shakir for the game winner, and but he missed him right now. Like, Chris Jones had a big part of it. He like pushed the offensive lineman. I think it was Deion Dawkins to Josh Allen, so it kind of made him hesitate and like missed the throw. But you gotta make that throw. You gotta make that throw. You gotta make that throw where Khalil Shakir can catch that. And then on the next play on third and nine, he missed Kincaid, which led to the missed field goal by Tyler Bass. It was also not just his fault. It was Dick's fault who dropped a lot of passes. One of them was a long pass. You gotta make those plays. You have to make those plays. And that's the only criticism I have for Josh. Most people say he played like trash. He did not play like trash. But he just couldn't make those last plays. Josh Allen and Brock Purdy had... Like, how do you describe that? They had opposite games... Yeah, they had like opposite games, but it was so funny because they're so similar yet so different. And where Brock Purdy played mediocre the first three quarters, but in the game-winning drive when he had had it, he made the necessary plays to win. And Josh Allen played great the whole game, but then when he needed to make the necessary plays to win, he didn't make them. And one's getting a lot of excuses, Josh Allen, that he's saying, oh, he did all this, but he just couldn't make it. And one's getting, he still played like trash, but they don't want to give him credit for the game-winning drive. Like, which one would you rather have? the team who's actually in the NFC Championship game. That's the team you want. That's the guy you want. I'm not saying 
Brock Purdy's better than Josh Allen, but what I'm saying is Brock Purdy made the necessary plays to win. You got to give him credit for it. Got to give him credit for it. That's what I've been hearing, man. Okay, Josh, got to make those plays at the end. Has to. Has to. I want to shout out Khalil Shakir, though, because he stepped up big for Davis' injury. He had seven catches on nine targets, 44 yards, and a touchdown, touchdown, which was lit. You know, it was a great throw by Josh Allen and a great catch by Shakir. Kansas City's defense, they also had zero sacks in this game, but they got ran over 182 yards. The Bills' O-line was moving them. I've never seen anything like that on the Chiefs, on a D-line with Chris Jones in it. I've never seen that. And I think, actually, I don't think. I think it's it's gonna be a problem for them in the next game versus the Ravens, right? The number one Ravens versus the number three seeded Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Baltimore's favored by four, and I'm picking the Ravens because it's gonna be in Baltimore. And like I was talking about, the run game. Buffalo ran over Kansas City, bro. Now imagine what Baltimore is gonna do. Baltimore, the number one running attack in the league. They're going to exploit that. They're going to see this on tape and they're going to be like, we have the guys to move this Casey. If Casey doesn't fix their stuff right now, Baltimore's just going to run all over them. And the way you can't stop Lamar and the running backs, they don't get their shit together. Casey's going to, they're going to get exposed. And you ain't want that. So we'll start on that point. I'm picking the Ravens. Then KC, they have been improving on offense, right? Kelsey looks in form again. But that Ravens defense, as we've seen, is the creme de la creme. They have one of the best, for my opinion, second, might be biased, but second best uh, linebacker duo in Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. They're not KC, all right? KC, I mean, they're not Buffalo. KC, Kansas City is not going to attack that middle like they did with the Bills because they have those two guys who you don't want to go up the middle on that and they have versatile DBs that could cover I mean not cover them but they could do a double team uh Travis Kelsey you know we got Kyle Hamilton Geno Stone Brandon Stevens Marlon Humphreys if he's uh healthy like bruh so <laughs> those two linebackers are gonna make a big difference and I think the Ravens, like I'm saying, Ravens just have the advantage on both sides, in my opinion. But Casey's a good team, so I'm not going to blow them out. So I got the Ravens 28-24. to In the NFC Championship game, number one seeded Niners versus three-seeded Lions. The Niners are favored by seven, but I'm picking us because it's in San France and Levi's. Well, not San France, in San Jose, Santa Clara, but you know, we're in Levi's, right? And Lions scare me, bro. Lions scare me, no doubt. And I was saying this. I was saying this since before the before the playoffs. I was saying it. I was saying they scare me more than the Cowboys and the Eagles. And I was right, because look where the Dallas and the Eagles are at. And look where the Lions are at. So I was right to say that. They scare me. And why they scare me? Obviously because they're good. But they're playing with house money, bro. House money. Yes, I mean, obviously they want to win the Super Bowl because obviously you do. That's just how NFL teams work. And I seen Dan Campbell saying we got two more games to go and whatever. 
But you didn't, they didn't even expect, no one expected them to be here. They didn't even expect themselves. They were happy with a playoff game. We just won a playoff game. We're on top of the world. And now the players want more, obviously, because they see it. But I mean, if they were to lose, are they going to say we had a bad season? No, they they lose to us. They're just going to be like, oh, you know, obviously you want to go to the Super Bowl. Obviously you want an opportunity. But hey, now we're, we had a great season. They might be down for a bit, but then they're going to be happy because they're the Lions. That's what happens. They're the Lions. So, they're, just, they're playing with house money, bro. Us, on the other hand, the Niners, we've been to the we've been to four of the last five NFC Championship games, bro. There's huge pressure on us to progress. Not just to progress to the Super Bowl, but to win it. To win it, not just be there, to win it. And it's fair pressure. I ain't saying, like, oh, it's unfair Christmas. It's not. It's not. We're that. We're a good team. We're a great team. Now it's time to show it. Now it's time to win. Now it's time to present the hardware. Time is now to win. So we better. There's a lot of pressure on us. We got to go out there and execute. Everyone except our, the faithful wants the Lions to win. Because you know, they're America's team. Which is fine. You know, that's... that's Lions are a likable team. Like I like Dan Campbell. I like their team. They're full underdogs. It's Detroit. Finally a good story for Detroit. I ain't hate it. But I like us. Obviously the bias is speaking because I'm a minor fan, but I, we just we need a win, bro. We need to go. We need to win this Super Bowl, man. Like I'm, we have to. We just have to. But football strategy. Let's get on to that. Football technician. Tactician. Lions defensive backs are their weakness, like I was talking about. They couldn't cover Evans at all. If we get Debo back, I mean, even if it's 80% or whatever, we get him back as a decoy with Ayuk, with George Kittle, with Juwan Jennings. We can exploit them. Ayuk's uh, route running ability over the top can exploit them, bro. And I think that's what Kyle Shanahan's going to do. Now, their run D is great. They're like top two, so CMC will have his hands full. So we're gonna have to we're still gonna be forced to run the box you know Christian McCaffrey's gonna get his but we, if we get the run game going right and they have to sit in the box but we're gonna exploit them defensive backs so let's get the run game early now on the other side lines O-line is one of or not the best in the game but they have injuries right now Ragnall's questionable Jonah Jackson's not he's expected to miss the game because he had surgery the time is now for our pass rush to show up because they haven't they need to show up in this game they gotta get it going Nick Bose has to get it going Chase Young has to get it going Javar Hagrave has to get it going Armstead has to get it going they gotta turn it up here I think we're gonna blitz and if we you know first off we're gonna go just four pass rush yards Four pass rushers because that's how we play. Yeah, over now we're gonna bring the blitz. I don't want to bring the blitz. We gotta bring our four pass rushers to go out there and get it done. They have to show up here. They gotta turn up here, and I think they will. I think we progress. Super Bowl. I think we're gonna press the Super Bowl. Thirty to twenty-three. Come on, give me that, please, man, please. But now let's get into the coaching hires, right? Uh, Falcons, they hired Raheem Morris, obviously DC of the Rams. They hired him today, you know, our time recording, January 25th. And I'm surprised. 
I'm surprised because I thought it was going to be Bill Jelicek, to be honest. But we're getting there right now. But Raheem, I think, is good. Obviously, he's a good hire. Obviously, defensive coordinator of the Browns. I think what he did with the defense this year is pretty good. Uh, you got Aaron Donald. And the way the defense was attacking everything, his philosophy probably goes with the Rough Falcons. So, see what they do. But I thought it was going to be Belichick, to be honest. All the interviews they've had with him. And I thought it was just going to be his job. Now, supposed to be reports have come out saying that Arthur Blank didn't hire him because he thought he would have friction with the with the front office. They wouldn't collaborate well. Maybe so, maybe not. But I thought it was going to be Belichick's job, to be honest. But to go with Raheem Morris, the Panthers. They hired. He was an offense coordinator for the Bucks on the same date. Now, I'm surprised about it because he came out of nowhere. And it's not like the Bucks had a great year. And the offense wasn't say had a great year. They were nine and eight. But looking into it, he did a pretty good job with Baker. After Baker last year, remember he was on like two diff three different teams. He was on the Panthers, the uh, the Rams. Well, I think that's it. He was on two different teams. And he goes on the Bucks and he has one of his best years. So I think that's you know, Panthers noticed that. They did notice that because remember they had him on their own team. They're like, this guy's trash. I'm gonna like him, and they, they see this coach do a good job with him. They're like, oh yeah, he's gotta be a good coach. So maybe <laughs> I just realized <laughs> that's messed up, bro. But maybe that's what they did. They just realized he was a good coach. He's like, well, he turned Baker around. Why can't he turn our franchise around? But I'm still surprised about it because it came out of nowhere when you got other candidates available, but. Let's see. Let's see if David Tepper has patience with Coach Canales. With Canales. The Chargers, they hired Jim Harbaugh, obviously former Michigan head coach. He was hired on January 24th, and this one was expected, bro. Everybody knew this was going to happen. Called it. I was like, bro, the perfect pairing for Justin Herbert. Got a quarterback guru. Knows what he's doing. Knows how to coach a team. Knows how to make a team. Jim Harbaugh, great fit for the Chargers. Chargers going to survive. Going to the playoffs next year. For sure. Confirmed. They might make a big playoff run. Bucket. Bucket. The Titans that hired Brian Callahan. He was the former offensive coordinator for the Bengals. And that was on January 22nd. I'm also shocked on this one because this guy came out of nowhere. Like, obviously, he's a former coordinator for the Bengals. Maybe he got the job because supposedly he has something to do with Joe Burrow's development, like he had, yes, he, he deserves credit for that. Supposedly, I don't know, I wasn't there, but that's what reports are saying. That's what they say in the Bengals building. But I mean, I guess I don't know a lot about. I can't really speak on it. But let's see how the Titans do with him. He could be like the greatest head coach of all time. We don't know, but I know the Raiders. They hired Antonio Pierce. She was obviously the interim. They hired him on January 19th. I mean, it was also expected, bro. Like, just the way the team loved him. Max Crosby literally threatened to demand a trade if they didn't hire him. Like, the team loves him. He fits well. He made the team better. It's just, it was a no-brainer. Gotta hire him. And they did. Raiders finally making some competent moves. The Patriots, they hired Gerard Mayo. He was a linebacker's coach. They hired him on January 12th. I was surprised enough because I honestly thought they were going to get Rabel, thought they were going to hire him, but the Pats already had him 
on, under contract that he was going to be a successor. Like, in his contract, it was already said he was going to be a successor. So, Prod Mayo, big things. Let's see what happens for the Patriots. The Seahawks job and the Commander's job is still available. Seahawks, they're linked with Dan Quinn and Evro, defense coordinator from the Panthers. See how it goes there. I think Rabel could go there. I don't know. Like it's just, I think it's a pretty good fit. Maybe. I don't know. For me, it just looks like a good fit. I think Rabel could probably go there. And then the Commander's still available. They're interviewing Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick, Dan Quinn, Aaron Glenn. All these guys haven't made a decision yet. Obviously, if Rabel and Belichick are still out, they don't have a job head coaching job like i said rabel to the seahawks maybe to the commanders i don't really see it i don't know i think seahawks is a more favorable destination than commanders right now but we'll see man with that josh harris ownership and mag magic johnson they're probably searching a real real perfect one but let's see who they end up with and rabel and belichick uh like remember i said rabel seahawks but belichick i don't think he's going to either one of those two he might sit out. But I was thinking, if, if Belichick's willing to be a defensive coordinator and he goes to the Chargers, Jim Harbaugh, head coach, Justin Herbert, quarterback. With that talented defense, you got Bill Belichick, defense coordinator. They'd be in the Super Bowl. I won't say they win. But they'd be in this Super Bowl, in my opinion, bro. With that, with that roster, with those coaches, I'd bet it right now. Super Bowl for the Chargers. Bro. I don't know what the odds would be, but I mean, I'd even bet them to win because like, I just thought I would get close. Because with that, bro, think about it. That's a must. Just leaving it out there. Just putting it out there in the realm of possibilities but i don't know if i don't think it's gonna happen because i don't think belichick after having all that control for 20 plus years he's gonna be like i'm just gonna be a defense coordinator nah. he'd probably wait out a year before he would do that but i don't know it's a possibility but let's see what happens thanks for listening for the episode guys be looked out for the preview i mean the, the review obviously of the conference championships and the preview of the super bowl 58 Hope my Niners make it, man. Please, please. But we'll see. See y'all in the next one.